Previously on Home and Away, I, I mean Undertelly. Sid, so I've just made you watch an entire week's worth of both Home and Away and Neighbours. Generally speaking, how did you find the experience? I think it was long overdue. Um, <laughs> I have grown up in Sydney for 22 years without ever having watched Neighbours or Home and Away. So I think this was kind of like a reckoning, you know? It needed to happen. Hello, I'm... <coughs> You're listening to Undertelly with Oleg Novak. Mount Cola's fastest growing Aussie TV podcast. Welcome to part two of Undertelly's bumper three-part special on LGBT and ethnic representation in Aussie TV. Co-founder of Fobgay's Sid Sharma joins me again as we get his take on an entire flaming week's worth of Home and Away. We set out to find out just how diverse Summer Bay really is. I don't know what the hell's got into this town, but it makes me sick to the guts. But first, here's a recap on some of the storylines hitting the bay over the past fortnight. Ty throws out the delicious lunch that Marilyn made him, exacerbating his feud with Raffi. I'm not into her hippie rabbit food, okay? But Ty and Raffi then make up. I'm sorry for hitting you. And then make out. I just want to say that we didn't plan on that happening. Evil Ebony fakes a car accident, then sues local mechanic Justin for her fake neck injury. I just get the feeling that everyone thinks that I'm faking my injuries. Riders attempt to win over Coco fail. That's an interesting sculpture. What do you call it? Self-portrait of a loser. And Robbo gets over his amnesia and remembers that he is not in fact a criminal, but actually an undercover federal agent. I was hoping the photos would jog your memory. Sid, how did you find this week of Home and Away? Oh, it was shocking. And, uh, you <laughs> shocking know, just, in a good way, in a bad way. Oh, just in a way that the television promos want you to believe. You know? <laughs> scandalous. Yeah, scandalous. You know, rife with that kind of thing. It was, it was really interesting and fun to watch, I have to say. I mean, I hate Ebony. A dark storm is about to rain down, and her name is Ebony. I can't wait to meet you. I don't understand why anyone could watch her and be like, yeah, I really like that character. But I think that's the point. It's like, she's completely unrealistic in terms of, you know, like, I don't think I know anyone that vindictive in real life, but... Mm. I, th- I hope know? not. I, yeah, me too. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, you need to have that kind of element in drama, right? Like, you need to have you need to have someone who is always going to be the villain no matter what, like, has no other complexity there. Mm. Although, actually, no, wait, she is exacting revenge for her brother's death, right? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I mean, in a way, there are a lot of parallels between Ebony um, and her character versus the characters in Indian Soaps, for instance, mm. which I have been exposed to. Yeah. Um, just in, in, in how, like, how villainous... Just in like how the the portrayal of the villain is, like it's usually you know a darker head person. It's usually someone who you know has a lot of asides and soliloquies, and just someone who always has that evil look on their face. Like just I, I know that there are completely different storylines in completely different cultures, but the parallels in the portrayal of the character are really interesting. Eeny, meeny, miny, but. Constable Colby Thorne, you're going to pay for what you did to my brother. Have you? I I believe I know the answer, but you have never watched an episode of Home and Away before, right? No, I think maybe accidentally I've seen like five minutes while channel surfing as a 13-year-old. But again, very quickly lost interest at the time. Do you know the lyrics to the theme song? Um, No, but I can think of the Neighbours lyrics, but I think that's irrelevant in this section. Irrelevant (laughs) in this section, but I think probably the more iconic theme, although... Maybe not. Home and Away is a better theme show. Wait, okay. What can you hum the Can you hum the theme for me? Oh God, you know we belong together. 
that does not I don't have any recollection. <laughs> That's of it. That okay, let's play song. the theme song. Yeah, we're let's playing play. the theme song. You know we belong together. Uh, yes, I do remember that now, especially that like ending cadence. Yep. Yeah. It's a travesty that they don't use the full length theme anymore. We're getting really off topic here because uh, just chatting about the Home and Away theme, even though that is, that is a great topic. What has been your general opinion? Because you haven't watched Home and Away in the past, but what has been your general opinion of the show? Like when people mention it or when it was referred to, I guess a lot of people would assume it's just that show about surfer hunks kind of thing. What has been your view of the show? That was literally it. And I think, you know, a lot of it is probably to do with ignorance on my part because I never engaged or watched it, right? But based off the kind of limited engagement that you do have with it through promos or through, you know, someone else talking about the storyline in the schoolyard, that's kind of what it sounds like to me, right? And when I watched it, fine, there are... There are intertwining storylines and there, there, there's more complexity than just, um, you know, people going for a surf or a walk along the beach. Although, people walking along the beach was like half of the, at least one of the episodes. Every scene is them walking to the beach. If they're going to school, they're walking on the beach. If they're going to the shops, they're walking on the beach. They're always walking on the beach. I know. I mean, that's what happens when you live in Summer Bay <laughs> or Palm Beach, right? It's a like, great place. I would walk on the beach all the time too. And I'd love for someone to film it. But... Um, yeah, I, I mean, my, my general opinion of it was, yeah, there's just a bunch of families and they're always feuding and <laughs> surfing when they're not feuding or sometimes, you know, feuding over a surf. Like, <laughs> that, that was what I thought of it. It's pretty accurate. What, over the week of episodes that we watched, there were a myriad of storylines there that we kind of already hinted at. Parking diversity for a second. Did any of the storylines kind of, apart from Ebony, stick out to you? Yeah, you know what? I think the, the storyline which I liked the most was the one about Ty and Rafi. Yep. That's her name, Rafi. Yep. And that was because it, it treated a really sensitive topic. And I mean, like, look, I don't want to be seen as a person who just watches TV to, you know, critique or look at how pertinent issues are dealt with. But I think it's a really good marker of, of writing in a TV show, right? And Ty and Rafi, so Ty's the new kid in this family, like he's just been adopted. And they're both foster kids who they're... are taken in by John and Marilyn. And they're both foster kids from different families, which results in a bit of a feud. Exactly. And I think that, you know, that's such a common thing to happen, to have, um, you know, one child, when a new child comes in, whether they're foster kids or not, to kind of have that rift. And to deal with a lot of the complexity behind being a foster kid and Ty's backstory and then kind of ha have Rafi meet him halfway and want to understand and, and, and want to be friends with him for the sake of, you know, their foster parents. I thought that was really great. And I'd love to see that explored a little bit more. That is so interesting that you mentioned that because you know how I was talking about how Home and Away started as, you know, about a caravan park, foster kids. That storyline out of all the ones we saw was probably the most the most classic kind of Home and Away, much more suburban, much more just, you know, that kind of everyday kind of stuff. And that seems to have been the most effective storyline compared to the one about Robbo realising that getting over his amnesia and rem remembering he is an undercover federal agent. Right, exactly. And as someone who was just kind of thrown into Home and Away as Robbo went, to go fight those crooks on the dock. <laughs> I was just like, where is this coming from? And why does this want to be Magnum PI so badly? Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the dude who owned the garage? Justin Morgan, Justin. the guy who Ebony's... <clears throat> yeah, and then yeah. what was the name of the, the chick that he was super into? Willow. Willow. The one that's now kind of with Dean. Yeah. We were good together, Will. No, we were. Yeah, 
but that was years ago and we broke up. Yeah, only because I ended up in the slammer. It was way more than that. I don't know, I, I, I looked at the Justin Willow Dean love triangle storyline and was like, uh, I'm kind of losing interest here. I just thought that, I don't know, it was, I understand that you need to have that kind of relatable Actually, I'm not sure. Is it relatable? I understand. <laughs> Debatable, but yeah. let's go with it. Yeah. I understand that you need to have a love triangle in there somewhere, right? Like it mm. ticks the boxes for, for interest. But it was just so boring and hackneyed. It's like, do something different and interesting this time, you know? Agree. And with just going back to Ty and Raffi for a sec, I think the other thing that makes that good, apart from the storyline, that it's more maybe relatable or real world, as you say, but also they are the kids of John and Marilyn, who are older, more veteran actors, and they're actually like classic home and away kind of characters. And Marilyn's been there since 1989. She's a classic soapy actress. And John, he's a classic Australian soapy actor. He was made famous in the 1980s on the show called A Country Practice, which I'm not sure if you've heard of. Mm. Great show. Yep. But I think that also kind of added to that authenticity of it rather than just the latest surfer hunk character that won't be there in two years because they're going to go overseas to try and make it in America. That's the other thing. Characters like John and Marilyn, I mean, I don't know who the actors and actresses are, but they are important because they are holding, they are kind of like the, the parents of Australian film yeah. and TV, you know? Like, it's important to have them. Maz and I are your legal guardians. Do you know what that means? I think so. Yeah, we've got duty of care over you and Raffi. And the kissing complicates things. I think another storyline that was interesting but not really dealt with that well was um, Coco and Maggie, right? So Maggie's just been diagnosed with cancer um, and has been released from the hospital for, you know, I think she's undergoing chemotherapy. Mm. And Coco's trying to deal with that in her own way. And, you know, she's kind of, you know, veering away from her boyfriend and she's talking to this other guy on Facebook. <laughs> Remember um, the, um, the Facebook chat that you yes. seem to really enjoy? So, you know, Coco was talking to this guy on <laughs> Facebook and there was a quick aside of their conversation and I thought it was so funny that I took a picture of it. I've um, got the picture here if you want to read it out. I will read it out. It Do says for reals and then he replies for realsies and then she goes what evs don't believe you and then he goes I only spiff the truth and then she goes later Jezza TBC like spelled out yep. food's here and I hangry ooh yeah exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation <laughs> mark xx like, what is that? Yep. No young people talk like that no. anymore, you know? like You kind of also mentioned when we were watching the... I remember you laughing a few times at the youth speak on the show. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the kids are still using lingo like rad. The lesson was rad until she made us learn about linear equations. You weren't kidding about your mum being hectic with the homework. And, you know, that kind of... It's just, it's so out of touch in the way in which it treats young people. Um, and so, I don't know, I mean, <laughs> maybe the writers need to go back onto the streets... <laughs> and I don't know, get acquainted with the, the youths, yo. The youth lingo. And I think, because the writers, I'm, you know, they're probably older people, but it's interesting as well, because Home and Away, it has a quite a big young following. It always does, it rates well in the demographics, which is interesting that they, therefore, that doesn't seem that authentic. That I know. Maybe young line. people are just laughing at it. <laughs> That's possible. But you're right. Like a, a lot of my friends who I've spoken to in the last week, admitted to, well, I shouldn't say admitted because that's mean, but a lot of the friends that I've spoken to in the last week have actually said that they used to watch Neighbours and Home and Away growing up, and some of them still do, and these are people who have, like, no time at university, so there's obviously something that they're doing right, right? It's because they're quality Australian dramas. Of course. I think we got sidetracked there, Sid, because you were talking about the storyline of Coco and her mum, Maggie, who has cancer. Thanks, we've got plenty of options left to us, okay? We Another round of chemo. Look what happened after the last one. Nelly died from pneumonia. 
Yeah, I would like to see uh, that storyline play out a little bit more about how the family deals with cancer because it seemed like they were setting it up to, you know, to really focus on Coco and what the effect is on her and, you know, how she then grasps for for comfort and for help from her friends. With Maggie, like, it's really sad that she's had cancer and I know that her husband's willing to quit his job for her. I think the focus really here should be on, on Coco, you know, because I think... It, it's such a relevant topic now of how families, especially children, deal with conditions like cancer. And I think they will delve, I think they do delve into that in subsequent episodes. So keep watching. Okay. In fact, come on over and let's keep watching more of it. And But you're right. I think that's where Home and Away is most effective, that kind of more grassroots, suburban family stuff. Absolutely. So, Sid, how good a job do you think Home and Away does or did in that week? Because we're kind of, we're judging it based on that week. How good a job do, do you think Home and Away does of reflecting diversity? Oh, I'd have to give it like a solid zero out of ten. At the, oh, actually, no, Ty is slightly brown. Mm, I mean, slightly. Am, yeah. ambiguously ethnic. <laughs> so let's let's give them a two out of ten on that front alone. Uh, I, I would, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of sad to see how white everyone on the show is. And I understand, again, that there's a, it's, it's probably a massive white audience, but... I think it doesn't matter who the audience is. You need to have diversity in a in a in a TV show that has such a wide following. As I was saying earlier, you know, um, I just don't think that they handled any kind of diversity well. Like they didn't have any people of color in there. They they didn't have any minority groups in there. They didn't deal with any of that kind of of the power dynamics that come with that either. And I think it it's a real missed opportunity for them. It's also filmed on Palm Beach, which is pretty white, the Insular Peninsula. Hey man, I've been there. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fine, I'll concede that. Yeah. Also, it's not white, it's mostly orange because everyone is super tanned. So true. Yeah. So true. Before we continue talking about diversity uh, and speaking of tanning... Look who's about to become the Bay's most eligible bachelorette, Sam Frost. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Sam Frost, who... you probably I don't know if you watched, but The Bachelorette, um, two years ago, one of the most popular seasons, well, most popular season until Sophie Monk came on, had a girl called Sam Frost, who was The Bachelorette. Yep. She then did Breakfast Radio. She That didn't do well. She was on Breakfast Radio on Today FM with Rove McManus. Yep, yep. That flopped. And then out of the blue, she gets cast in Home and Away as an actress, um, despite having no act- acting experience before. How do you feel about being benefits? So Sam Frost plays Jasmine, the local nurse, who is currently having a friends with benefits arrangement with Colby Senior Constable Colby Thorne. Yeah, um... That was really interesting because I remember actually listening to the radio when Sam Frost was cast in Home and Away and I remember it being a big thing. Her agent's obviously doing his or her job very well. Mm. Um, But you know what? Sam Frost was actually pretty decent. Like, she wasn't a bad actress. I think that she held her own. Um, She really did portray whatever kind (laughs) of, you know, minor trials and tribulations Mm. that um, her character must have been feeling when Colby wasn't really reacting to her advances but yeah i don't know i mean i think it's definitely it's it's sad to see someone like that just kind of waltz into a show like home and away whereas you know other people especially i'm thinking of minority groups don't even get a chance to audition like what what's happening there? yeah and there's more drama uh, there's more drama for her ahead because ebony's going to drive a wedge between her and colby <gasps> no, and of Ebony. Course it's Ebony. Why? But, but you're right. She's not. She's not a worse actress. They've had pl- worse actors on that show. Much mm, worse actors. On exactly. That show. So it paid off this time. But it's interesting that you take that back to the whole diversity issue because there is a gay coming into the bay. 
What? A gay in the bay? There's a gay in the bay. Wait, is that how they actually promote it? No, they haven't promoted it yet, but... Okay. So, I'm going to take you take you through, Sid, uh, the history of Home and Away in relation to LGBT characters. Let's do it. In terms of ethnic characters, I can't think of any. <laughs> Although, yeah, Ty is moderately of colour. Willow, perhaps, slightly? Mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe she's... I, I, I don't want to speculate, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think it was last... End of last year, TV historian Andrew Mikado, he tweeted that Home and Away, to get with the program, because they're the only soap in the Western world that doesn't feature a regular gay character, even shows he referenced to Days of Our Lives in the US, the most kind of conservative of the US soaps. They even have gay characters, but Home and Away's never had a regular one. Yep. Neighbours, they've had them... Neighbours has been... We'll get to Neighbours shortly, but they're doing a pretty good job. Now, Shane Withington, who plays John Palmer, um, Ty's foster parent, yes. he then tweeted back, watch this space. So, obviously, there is a gay character coming up, in it, which we'll talk about in a second. But for, but in terms of how Home and Away has handled it in the past, I remember in 2003, one of the Bay's iconic characters, Pippa, she came back to the Bay. I think it was it was before Alf's birthday. It was for some event, and it turned out that her teen son, Chris, was gay. So, they had that in 2003. Yeah, right. Um, then, in 2009, there was a much more controversial episode. There was a media storm that erupted when local cop Charlie Buckton, she was played by Esther, and Esther Anderson, she had a same-sex romance with a girl called Joey, played by Kate Bell. I don't know if you, don't know if you ever watched Blue Water High. I did, yes. Oh, Kate Bell. So, I yeah. don't, don't remember her character, but she was um, brunette. I forget her character's name, but she was from Blue Water High. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think of her. But basically, there was a massive palaver that happened about a same-sex kiss between them. Joey, I like men. Okay, I have always liked men, and I've never felt like this before. Felt like what for? Mother's groups caught on to the fact that this storyline was coming up and the fact that there was going to be a kiss and then it was exacerbated ironically by Today Tonight which aired on Channel 7 in the time slot before Home and Away doing a story about that and then there was all these articles about how they censored the gay kiss from the screens which was disappointing but reading back through it today it seemed Channel 7 then came out saying came out saying that they saying that they hadn't censored the kiss they mentioned that they'd filmed it in two parts that first there's a tender kind of kiss between them they back away then they go in for a more passionate kiss they decided it to end it after the tender kiss for creative reasons before all this stuff happened that's what they said so we'll never know but that was the last time Home and Away, I believe, has featured a gay character, and it was massively controversial. The twist is that now they're going back to this gay character, and apparently I read an article that it is someone of the characters that you watched on screen this week, but they just have it doesn't seem like they've gotten to that point in the storyline yet. Before I tell you who, and the articles they seem to be correct because there's a lot of them, I want to see if you can maybe pick who you think it's gonna be. So one of the characters comes out. Well, that's what the article seemed to suggest. And it's interesting because I've been watching it knowing this. Yeah. And I was hoping that it would happen in the week we watched it. But it doesn't seem to have happened yet. No, right. And I wonder if... And I will tell you, but before I do that, I thought, I wonder if you can pick it. Of course. Let me think about it. I mean, who isn't in, entwined in some kind of romantic relationship at the moment? Um, is it one of Justin's brothers? No. The Morgans? No, apparently not. But mm. don't even think about who's not entwined in a relationship. Ooh. Although, or who's, because there's someone that they're hinting at a romance with someone else. Oh, but... I know. Ty. Yeah. Ty. Yeah. Yes, I knew it. I, yeah. I, I did. I really yeah. did. I'm so glad. Doesn't that add another, that adds another layer to that kind oh of storyline, which was already your favorite storyline, which I'm so happy about. Yes, it does. I mean, I, let, let's hope that this doesn't complicate everything with bad writing, right? Because 
if he's already a foster kid, he's already, you know, like vaguely of color, and now he's coming out as gay as well, like that in the real world is like some serious complexity. Like that's that's not easy to portray. And I would hate to see the Home and Away writers let this storyline down, you know, through lazy writing. So I'll be watching the space for sure. Absolutely. The only thing is apparently he's only in the show for six weeks and he's been on it if the I think this is the second week that he's been on it in the week that we watched. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Because obviously the whole Raffi Ty relationship is starting to blossom. And yeah. she's female. That doesn't mean that we can't do what we want to do. Thing is, I'm lucky to be here, Raffi. There aren't many places like this. I'm sorry. It's not every day that you get your first kiss. Yeah. I know. It was mine too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, like, it's, it would be really interesting to see Ty kind of realize himself through Rafi, right? Because quite often what happens is that when a person is gay and that they're still struggling with their identity or their sexual identity, they do engage in relationships with people of the opposite sex, um, just as a way to kind of test the waters and see whether or not it is possible to work against their their own sexual identity. And I think that's maybe what Ty is feeling right now, like especially with the knowledge that he is, is queer, you know? Um, and again, I would love to see that played out in Home and Away, even if it is for six weeks. It'll be very interesting to see how they play it out. And my secret hope, obviously Coco and Ryder have broken up, Ryder is now single, We'll see what happens there. If you're listening, Ryder, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Home and Away, Sid. Do you have any... We I think it's a really good time to move on to Neighbours because you've given Home and Away a 2 out of 10 in terms of reflecting diversity. Maybe this whole storyline with Ty will bring it up to two and a half, three. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. S- Maybe I'll be more generous, you know. Exactly. Mm. Are you ready to move on to our friends in Erinsborough? I think I am. I think I really am. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> Everybody needs good neighbors. And that was our special guest, Sid Sharma, one of the co-founders of Fob Gays, a fantastic community group championing visibility and support for South Asian LGBT people. Next time, Sid and I visit our friends on Ramsey Street to see how they're handling LGBT and ethnic representation on screen. We'll review a history-making week for the show marked by the first gay wedding proposal in Aussie TV since gay marriage was legalised in Australia last year. I hope you enjoyed part two of our bumper three-part special on LGBT and ethnic representation in Aussie TV. Be sure to keep watching Home and Away at 7 on 7 and anytime on 7 Plus to see just how the current storylines play out. But for now, I'm Oleg Novak. I'll catch you flaming galars for part three next time. You're listening to Undertelly with Oleg Novak, Mount Cola's fastest growing Aussie TV podcast.